happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah. Excellent is, work, Chris. That's good. That's good. That's the kind of atonal grunting that people have come to expect from the introductions of my podcasts. I was, I was hoping it wouldn't be that, but then it was so bad that it was great. No, Sophie. <laughs> like, I love it. Our, uh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> that's our brand now. It can't be anything else. We've we've established it. Look, nobody else is doing that. The Come Town guys. I assume aren't atonally grunting to start their podcast. I don't know actually, but I assume not. What is this, this podcast, is, Chris? I guess th- th- is this it? is just how Who we start. We? It could happen here. Is a podcast? Is that true? You don't sound like you I... believe it. Enthusiastically, Chris, with feeling. <laughs> this is a podcast. Damn about right, things it is. happening here. That's about right, things falling apart. Yeah, excellent. That's how we do it. Okay, what are we talking about today? Well, one of the things that is happening here, as we have discussed briefly in previous episodes, is a bunch of strikes. Yep. And yeah. with us today to talk about one of these strikes, specifically the Kellogg strike, is Mel Buer, an independent researcher, educator, and freelance journalist based in Omaha, Nebraska, where this particular strike is taking place, who has done a, done a lot of journalism previously on the, the local sort of protests and uprisings in 2020, and is also researching and writing a book on alternative media. Hi. Hello. Welcome, what's welcome, up? welcome to the show. Thanks. <laughs> strikes. Strikes apparently is what's up. It is, it is striketober. We're doing strikes. Strike wave, baby. Yee. Yee. So this this specific strike, um, why don't can you can you walk us through a bit about how we got to the point where this Kellogg's factory is on strike? Um, well, first off, it's f- four plants. It's all four American Kellogg's cereal plants have gone on strike. Um, the workers in these plants are represented by the Bakery Confectionery Tobacco Workers and Grain Millers International Union. 
I do love um, that bakeries and tobacco workers are in the same union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, <Yep>. that's rad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, their contract was up for renegotiation in 2020, actually. Um, and um, due to a series of weird things happening, they pushed the negotiations to 2021. Um, they renegotiate their contract every five years. Um, and at stake this year – um, was a uh, sort of pushing back against a recently introduced two-tier employment system that the company sort of strong-armed the union into in 2015, which essentially uh, is not it's not a good deal for anyone. Um, in 2015, they pushed in this sort of two-tier system where one tier is a lower transitional tier and one tier is a legacy or full-time employee tier. Um, and what it is is, you know, it amounts to a difference of 12 bucks an hour and less Jesus. benefits. Yeah, that's um, significant. Yes, yes. Um, Dan Osborne recently did an interview with Max Alvarez at Working People Podcast, and he really kind of talked about exactly what was going on there. Um, and, you know, there's 1,400 people who work in four plants. There's about 480 employees at uh, the Omaha plant, which has been around for decades. And um, essentially what this tier system does is it's capped at 30% of their union workforce. And the whole idea is as these full-time employees retire or quit, then these transitional employees will sort of be funneled into the full-time tier. Uh, over the last five years, it hasn't really happened, really, at all. Um, it was a bad deal from the start, according to many of the workers who sort of felt like they, you know, they were backed into a wall because Kellogg's was threatening to close the Memphis plant if they didn't ratify this negotiated contract. So rather than experience, you know, 500 layoffs in Memphis, they just agreed to it. So they knew going to the negotiating table in 2021 and 2020 um, that they were going to try and sort of walk that back um, because these workers all work in the same plant, same days, first, second, third shift. The transitional workers are working side by side with these full-time employees working the same hours, which can amount to seven days a week, 12 to 16 hours a day on mandatory overtime. And they are making $12 an hour less, and they are not getting the uh, benefits that these full-time employees are getting. So really, these full-time employees are kind of going to bat for the transitional employees. Um, Kellogg's wants to remove the cap, which the union negotiated, which is at 30% of their workforce. They want to do that, do away with that so that they can continue hiring more transitional workers. And uh, they, they want to fuck with the uh, insurance benefits. So uh, the union tried to negotiate this. I think uh, according to the local union president, Kellogg's negotiators were at the negotiating table for 10 hours and they negotiated eight hours a day, five days a week for two weeks, 10 hours they were at the table. So they weren't interested in negotiating a contract. They had laid out their, their terms and they essentially told the union to go kick rocks. And so the union said, you know, we have we have until October 5th and then our contract is up. And if we haven't ratified a new contract, then we're going out on strike. And that's ultimately what happened. So they've been on strike for this will be their 14th day today. 
I think the the fight against the two tier system, I think, is an interesting part of this because that's been a huge part of a lot of the different uh, strikes we've been seeing. This has been the John Deere strikes. This is part of the Kaiser strikes. And yeah, I'm wondering what what you think specifically about the fact that this is like th- this is the moment that people have decided to like push back against against two or even three tier systems that were introduced in the last really like ten or fifteen years for the most part. Well, I think it's just, you know, it's a divide and conquer strategy for Kellogg's or for these other companies. And ultimately what it looks like is it uh, destabilizes uh, well-established unions, especially at Kellogg's. Um, And um, it pits workers against each other, you know, Um, particularly at Kellogg's, if they're able to remove this cap on this tier system, um, what they're essentially doing is they're creating a more precarious workplace uh, for these workers. Um, the turnover rate in the lower tier at the Omaha plant is right around 40%. Wow. Um, and, you know, prior to 2015, you didn't really see a whole lot of people leaving the Kellogg's plant. You know, these were these are workers who are spending their entire careers at this plant. Their parents work there. Their grandparents work there. You know, um, they because they're all getting paid around the same amount of money, there isn't this tension on the, the line. So they're, they're working with each other. They're helping each other. Right. Um, and with this tier system, what they're doing is they're throwing these newer workers into uh, pretty uh, insane factory conditions um, and making it really difficult for them to uh, feel like they have any reason to stay there. Right. A lot of these people will, you know, put in, some of these workers were transitional workers who weren't officially hired by the company, you know, that aren't full-time employees. They aren't receiving benefits like the full-time employees are. For five years, they work this every day, seven days a week, three months on end, right? Uh, they have this really, you know, punitive attendance-based point system that discourages you calling in sick. There's injuries that happen in the factory all the time. You know, I went out to the line and and wrote a piece for the real news about this and pretty much every person I talked to showed me scars from accidents that happened, injuries in the plant. Um, The union president himself got his hand stuck in a, um, like a a mill and broke all the fingers in his hand. He had to have 10 surgeries on his hand, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, There was an accident at the plant two or three weeks ago where a a transitional employee got both arms stuck in a conveyor belt, you know? Um, The thing is, is these folks super proud of the work that they do. Like absolutely a hundred percent take this work extremely seriously. You know, they're not even asking for changes to their overtime. They are not asking for, you know, anything that, you know, from me on the outside, I'd be fighting for more humane working conditions, but to them, you know, it's it's not like it's a point of pride, but they feel that they have put blood, sweat, tears, uh, you know, uh, fractured relationships, time that they could be spending with their children into this factory. And Kellogg's is essentially fucking them over. Yeah. You know, they see it as we have sacrificed for this company for years and years and years. Um, and we are asking for equal pay for all and for everyone to have the same health care so that we can do this job, you know, and Kellogg's is saying, no, absolutely. You know, I think um, the union president said that, that some of the negotiators called those demands outlandish. 
during negotiations, which I think is just incredible, you know, just corporate greed. Yeah, and I think the, the other part of the story is that, like, I mean, it, it's kind of a weird consequence of it, but, like, one of the things, one of the consequences of sort of, like, rising, uh, like, staple commodity prices, like, staple grain prices and stuff is that Kellogg's, like, they're do- they have, like, record, they have record profits right now. Oh, yeah. And they, they're still just oh, yeah. doing this shit because... Yeah, they made just... record profits during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, they gave their CEO uh, a pretty hefty raise bonus. Um, there was a stock buyback uh, program that helped happened among the C-suite folks last year. They made a lot of money, a lot of money. And, um, you know, these workers worked every day through the pandemic, um, continually understaffed, you know, um, doing their best. Um, because, again, they they take this job very seriously and they are proud that they are feeding the American people, you know, um, and they are proud to work at Kellogg's. And uh, they feel that this contract is just shit. It's just shit. And, you know, the only sensible thing to do is to to walk out on strike because, you know, they've been backed into a corner and negotiations have stagnated completely, you know. Um, and um, they don't want to – they don't want to back down from this, you know. Um, they And I agree. I feel what they're, what they're asking for is fair. It's very fair. I mean, I think uh, it's uh, – I think asking for a lot more would be fair, but that's right. not, uh, <laughs> not my place to be doing. One of the things that strikes me about this, you talk about this tier system that Kellogg's introduced, which I, I can't help but think of what happened at John Deere where mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, I think in 96, cut pensions by two-thirds and then like last year eliminated them entirely in this kind of bid to pit chunks of the workforce against each other. Um where you have like, you know, different groups making different amounts and sort of like, I don't know, it, it seems kind of like the strategy that you see in the broader economy, like writ within within a the, the space of a company where you've got like some people who are getting pretty well taken care of in their jobs and other newer people who are uh, who are getting more screwed over in kind of this this attempt to um, create division within the workforce so that this this kind of organizing doesn't happen. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. And you also have to think, you know, if they are able to remove this cap on the transitional tier, what that means that is they'll be able to, instead of, say, say a full-time employee retires, they leave that space empty, but they still need an extra space, uh, an extra person, right? So they can just hire a transitional worker instead of funneling one of those transitional workers into that full-time space, Uh what ends up happening is suddenly you have instead of seventy percent full time to thirty percent transitional, the it starts tipping, right? It becomes a more precarious workforce. Then, say for example, they do that in the next five years, you know, now they have seventy percent of these transitional workers who don't think the union is offering anything for them. They can essentially just offer a better deal to these transitional workers and kick the union out of the company at some point, you know. Um, and these folks on the line understand that and know that that's kind of Kellogg's plan, right? Yeah. They know that the Kellogg's what Kellogg's is trying to do is essentially destabilize the power of the union inside the plants. And everyone on the line that I've spoken with know exactly what's happening, you know. And these full time employees are out there every day, 
making sure that their transitional you know colleagues know that that's why they're out there because they they want to not allow this to be something that divides their workforce. It remains to be seen what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They've, they've brought in scabs to get the plant up and running again. And most recently, uh, yesterday, this morning, yesterday, uh, the Building and Construction Trades Council Union met with the union president in Omaha uh, because they have about 100 third-party Iron workers, carpenters, electricians, and skilled tradespeople that are union tradespeople that uh, have contracts at Kellogg's. And they came to what Dan Osborne, the union president, decided called was a tough decision that those union workers are going to cross the picket line to honor those contracts. So Kellogg's is forcing the unions in the city in like into a bind, really, because they're they're, you know, uh, going to lose their own contracts at Kellogg's. So that's kind of been like the most recent development here is that rather than just temps coming in, we have now skilled union tradespeople from various Omaha unions who are also crossing the picket line to honor their contracts at Kellogg's, you know, um, past these striking workers. So it's a bit of a mess, a little bit, you know? Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. 
Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's so much going on right now. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what you think are the uh, – because we, we've got a, a number of strikes kind of all coming to a head at the same time. I'm wondering specifically from the Kellogg strike, what do you think are kind of the lessons – that should be taken from what's happened so far for the the broader labor movement? Um, I think the biggest thing that's kind of impacted me as I've gone to the line, um, I've stood on the picket line, I've covered these, you know, this strike, I've talked to people, um, is that when these types of actions happen, they really only can be sustained because the community comes together to support them, you know, um, these strike funds that are going around and folks showing up to stand on the picket line who are not part of the union are really sort of become, you know, they are helping support these workers who can only hold out so long with finite resources, right? So the big thing to me is that past these new cycles of excitement of striketober of, you know, these people just walked out today. Well, they may, you know, they may be on the line for months and months on end and the news cycle is going to move on and these communities are still going to have to try and, and, and back up these labor actions, right? Um, you really can't have a true, you know, you can't have a labor movement without, you know, support, right? Um, and that's kind of been the biggest thing that has impacted me, particularly, you know, this Omaha used to be a really formidable union town, you mm-hmm. know? Um, back in the 80s, it was really, really something to see that the business unions and in, in the various locals here really had some of these union leaders had more political power than the mayor. Right. Um, and that has gone downhill over the last 40 years. And it's really cool to see uh, the the level of solidarity that's happening amongst the community, you know, um, in the ways in which people are kind of coming out to talk to and, and be a part of this strike and to remind these Kellogg's workers that they're not operating in a bubble, you know, and that the rest of the community really hopes that the strike will end quickly and peacefully and with a really good resolution for these workers, you know. One one other thing I wanted to ask about in 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 terms of sort of this this kind of research into the union movements and in 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 terms of sort of community support is the level of violence that there's been Against uh like against these strikes, like I've seen a lot of like of stuff about people getting hit by buses, and like, and I I don't I don't know if the, I think I think I'm getting my strikes. I don't I don't know if, though if they've been direct car attacks on this specific picket line, but that's been a thing that it's been happening a lot. And there I was been at wondering least a couple of documented cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was wondering what you think about that and like what actually can be done about the fact that like you know like that you know like this just the fact that we're just seeing auto attacks on picket lines just regularly now i mean that that's you know it's a it's a shitty development you know um i was out on the picket line last thursday and um they were attempting to bring in buses at shift change past the the picketers who walk slowly you know they don't stop in front of the bus it's illegal to stop and and you know make it you know so that they can't pass through the gates but they slow them down for a little bit 
And um, one gentleman was trying, you know, was standing there and this bus just bumped right into him. You know, there's videos that have been shared uh, through local news of buses knocking down workers as they're trying to cross the picket line. Um, and I, you know, there are also like personal vehicles that go through and it could be the private security that's been hired. It could be, uh, managers. Um, but you know, they're running through these lines really quickly, dangerously. Uh, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I don't have an answer for what the best, uh, solution for that is, you know, but vehicle attacks have become sort of more, uh, I don't want to say commonplace, but you see them happening a lot, um, both at protests last year and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I think Warrior Met Cole had some <laughs> bosses yeah. running through the lines and, and being reckless with their vehicles. You know, um, the problem is, is on the on the back end, the police don't step in when they see these instances, you know, um, and in fact, last Thursday when we had a uh, hundred plus motorcyclists from various MCs uh, show up to support the strike. Um, the police were the ones who uh, protected the scabs and made sure that they made it through the picket line. So, you know, um, the answer to that, not sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a time-honored police tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they yeah. historically don't, don't exist to protect laborers. Uh, with the notable exception of uh of uh the 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 sheriff in uh what was it Matawan in uh during the uh um the coal miner strike in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they shot him. So <laughs> Well, yeah, but Rich. he shot some people first. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Sid Hatfield, that was the name. Yeah, I don't know. Um I've gotten to know some of these folks on the line over the last two weeks and they're just fantastic human beings, you know. Um they are accommodating and hardworking and they come from all age brackets and they bring their families out and, um, you know, they're getting, they're getting a raw deal from Kellogg's and, um, so far the community support has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, there hasn't really been like at the John Deere strike, they're not getting eggs thrown at them, you know, um, they get a lot more, uh, honking and messages of support than they do, uh, people driving by to, yell at them for uh you know being on strike so that's been nice to see you know um and actually this weekend on saturday um there's gonna be a like cool vintage car show cruise around kellogg's event that they've got planned <laughs> the fire department's bringing rigs and um teamsters the are fire department nice. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the Teamsters are bringing cars, and the, there's a bunch of vintage car clubs that are going to be coming out. So, you know, th- those types of things have, like, really kind of, like, fired up these people to keep them out on the line as long as they need to be, you know. So, community's there for them. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things I'm continuing to wonder about is what it takes to close the gap between understanding that you and your colleagues are getting screwed over by this system and understanding that you and all of the other people striking at the same time and perhaps even a bunch of people not striking are all kind of fighting the same fight and that maybe there's uh, grander things to achieve than uh, the negotiation of a single contract. Because that seems like the big leap that... uh is going to be the real struggle to clear. Uh, I, yeah, you know, um, I will say that some of the workers are fully aware that this is not just about a single contract negotiation and is actually, you know, more about struggles of the working class against corporate greed and, uh, the ways in which the working class gets their asses handed to them all the time. Um, um, and they know that they know that at some point, perhaps at some point in the future, Someone else is going to look at their example and be inspired by it, right? Um, as far as like maybe, I don't know, ideologically speaking or politically speaking, for these folks, it uh, doesn't fit into any sort of ideology, leftist or conservative or whatever. Everyone's got their own personal politics, but they don't really talk about it on the line. What they talk about is working class versus ruling class. Um, that, you know, that's their sense. It's corporate greed. It's, um, asshole CEOs making $11.6 million a year while they're struggling to pay their own bills, you know? Um, and, and, uh, you know, that conversation is more common than, um, trying to fit this into a larger political movement or revolutionary movement, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. 
Um, but I would say that the vast majority of the workers, regardless of their own personal politics, have a very clear sense of where they sit in terms of class consciousness and understand that this is one of one of the uh, most effective tactics to try and, and force the hand of these assholes, you know, um, is to withhold work and withhold their labor. So. Well, this has been great. I mean, that's everything I had to ask. Chris, anything else? Not that, not that I have. So, is there a is there a call to action we could have yeah. for our listeners or pages people should be following? A strike fund. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. There's a GoFundMe and there's a PayPal set up for the Omaha strikers. I believe the BCTGM uh, International page has like a page of each of the strike funds for each of the four plants. So that might be something that you might want to share with your listeners. I can send you an email with that. Um, because it's probably going to be easier to do. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, BCTGM hasn't called for an official boycott of Kellogg's products. However, they wouldn't be mad if you just didn't buy any right now. There was some talk last week that some of the picketers might you know, be flyering outside of grocery stores to try and educate the community on what's going on with this strike. But beyond that, they also are concerned about the quality of the food being produced by scabs, so it probably would be healthy for you to not <laughs> buy the food, you know, because uh, I think it was in, what, 2018 during a works uh, a lockout in Memphis. The same company that they brought in then that they're bringing in now uh, pissed in the cereal on the line, and they Jeez. didn't release video of that for two years after the incident. So it ended up in someone's home, you know, gross. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. That yeah. is uh, some, I mean, I guess that's some scab shit, but that's some scab damn, shit. even by scab yeah. standards. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> fucked, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, support your local strike fund. And if you are in a city where Kellogg's plant is striking, I'm sure those workers would love, love to, to hear from you, feel your support. So. And, yeah. where, and where can our listeners follow you? I am on Twitter primarily at Cold Brood Tool. I don't know why I picked that name, but I, but I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got. <laughs> I uh, haven't changed that handle since I got on t- Twitter. So, um, but yeah, that's usually where I'm at. Uh, otherwise, you know, I teach locally and and have a podcast that I'm developing and and do a bunch of different projects. So Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me if you have questions. Awesome. All right. Thanks for having me on, folks. Thanks I appreciate for talking it. to us, Mel. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. I'll be back at the picket line, you know, talking to these folks, and I'm um, gonna do my best to keep this shit in the news cycle so that they aren't forgotten. So awesome. We've got a link to the strike fund and some other ways to help in the description. So yeah, this has been it. Could happen here, Pod. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Happened Here Pod, and at Cool Zone Media for all the rest of our shows. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com coolzonemedia.com/slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.